0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog.
1: Okay. Just for a record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52 to...
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Crumpetich. Hello.
1: Today, we are joined by a very special guest, the man who needs no introduction but gets a really long one anyway, at Josh Cran on Twitter, the man who has been working from home for seven months, the man who isn't going to get a haircut until the end of November. The man who read all the Harry Potter audiobooks a few summers ago. The man who had swimmer's ear in a different summer. Josh Cranewetter.
2: Wow. <laughs> Dude, everyone's learning so much about me. I feel like I'm just best friends with your podcast listeners now.
0: Yeah. They they all love you. They do. I know that for a fact. Well, I, I mean, love one... them
1: whenever you're on we get all these tweets like wow like josh needs to be a permanent fixture and it's like yeah if if he wasn't like so highly coveted in our industry you know it's like it's such a difficult thing to work with your schedule and to get you
0: on here
2: those are actually my burner accounts (laughs) well
0: i I got two things here one we can't afford him we can't afford him so that's the end of that two do you read audiobooks? <laughs> Do you not? Do you Is that reading or listening though? Semantics. Yeah.
2: Okay. I think people listen to audiobooks and then say they read the books. Ah, you know, I, would I read
0: an audiobook. I'm just trying to push some disagreement early on in the podcast to give the listeners what they want. They want to hear me and Mitch argue.
1: That's true. They they don't want to hear us getting along and everything. They want that <laughs> fire back and forth like okay. they're used to.
2: I'll be the moderator. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. You have two minutes. <laughs> no <laughs> interrupting each other.
1: <laughs> no, we all get along here. We Josh, we're, glad we, we're glad we, we got you on here, Josh. How have you been?
2: I've been pretty good. Uh, I've been working and not much else but have a job so can't be too mad about it
1: yeah anything to plug off the top
2: anything to plug this is my shout out
0: yeah this is this is separate we got a a plug at the beginning and a shout out at the end
2: yeah (laughs) oh um no no plugs josh cran on twitter
1: josh cran on twitter that's right we, uh, <laughs> funny story, funny inside story. Normally this is a Patreon moment, but we'll put it okay. in the, the full app today. Um, we've, for the wedding, we've had to make a list of everyone who's coming, you know? And I put Josh's name as at Josh Cran on Twitter. <laughs> so pretty really? funny. Yeah, I did.
2: No wonder I got followed by a priest. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: why that's why well yeah this is the unofficial list but yeah whatever that was funny
0: (laughs) like we said we normally save the stuff for the pet patreon but in reality this week on the episode we're going to talk about the newest member of the sun's coaching staff then we'll discuss if the nba will be taking anything away from the bubble into next season then after that if we have time we'll talk a little bit about goran dragic's impact on the heat this season
1: Follow us on Twitter, at and Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show.
0: All right, and we started off with news that the Suns have hired a new assistant coach by the name of Kevin Young, who is with the Philadelphia 76ers. Young just recently interviewed for the head coaching spot with the Sixers, which ultimately went to uh, Dr. Rivers, and uh, this is a guy who is – coached with Monty in the past they they shared a year in Philadelphia together so there's some familiarity there and that's always a good sign if a head coach is bringing in guys who are familiar with his style of coaching and leading a team I think that's always a plus
1: I agree and it kind of got me thinking do we have a Monty Williams coaching tree now
0: oh we could kind of be building one I suppose
1: yeah we're kind of getting to that point where we have these guys like within his culture and style of play and everything like that.
2: So I don't know much about Kevin Young. I'm not a Sixers fan or a Suns fan, but I do know he was an assistant coach of the Iowa energy. So I just wanted to know Mitchell's thoughts. Was he about really?
1: That. Wow. Um I actually didn't know that. I wonder when it was. Um yeah, that's funny. When I worked for the, they're now the Iowa Wolves, but when I worked for the Energy, um, we had kind of like a coaching carousel. I was only there for one season. And like the, <laughs> and the coach, carousel? Yeah, the, the <laughs> coaching staff had changed like three times. <laughs> hmm. So yeah, D-League, D-League coaching, or I guess it was D-League then, G-League now coaching staffs are not always the most stable things in the world.
0: That makes sense. And you know some teams are always, if the pro club had hired a new coach, maybe he'd want to hire his own D or G League coach to put in his same system, so that kind of explains it. But then again, it's also the D slash G League at the time, so I believe that all happened.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, Nick Nurse was also part of the Iowa Energy team. He actually was one of the guys who started the team, so... Uh, it could work out well. So Kevin Young, maybe, maybe we'll have a uh, Nick Nurse on our hands as an assistant.
0: Well, that would be oh. that would be fantastic. Yeah, that'd work. And something about Young that gets brought in with this G League talk is he coached Christian Wood for a time in the G League, oh. and some have been saying that Christian's um, acceleration in his game and all the playing time in the great minutes he played last season can go to some thanks to Kevin Young. I've seen that then floating around for a little bit. So I like the sounds of that. We need guys, who players, obviously. But Christian Wood's also a free agent this year. Maybe they're buddies. Maybe there's some sort of connection there. And maybe Christian Wood is a real possibility for the Suns this offseason.
1: Yeah, that would be great. I've also seen uh, Jeremy Grant's name being thrown around a little bit just another name to kind of keep an eye on. It's hard to say because we don't know what salary cap and all of that kind of stuff is going to look like and when free agency will even start.
0: So it's hard to say keep an eye on it, but keep an eye on it. Right. Player options, it's it's tough to call. We don't know what the salary cap's going to be. We don't know if it's staying the same. We don't know if it's going down. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be going up. So anybody with a player option might be a pretty safe bet to take that contract unless you extremely overplayed what your your value was last year. And Jeremy Grant, he could he's a guy that I could see dropping that player option and finding a new deal because he looked great in the playoffs and NBA teams covet players like Grant who can shoot the three and play defense. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Three and D.
0: All right, so we'll move it along. And we just want to talk about the bubble in general a little bit. This has been a pretty pretty interesting thing to watch and see. And knowing that we did it safely in the NBA is obviously great. But moving into next year, we expect to see, a little, see things become a little bit more regular, what we're used to. Even though maybe we're not going to be filling the stands right away, maybe there's some things that we take away from this bubble. So, Mitch... You wanted to talk about this. What do you think the NBA is going to take away from all this?
1: Well, I look at a couple things right off the bat. First, I compare what the NBA, and I suppose the NHL, did versus what the NFL and MLB are doing. The NBA and NHL had zero positive COVID cases in the bubble. If anyone was positive, they weren't even allowed to come in. They got that figured out really well. The NFL and MLB have been a mess. The Broncos just had their game against the Patriots postponed to another week, which makes them shift around three other games now. And this isn't the first time this has happened. The Titans have had all these positive cases. It's been a mess. Baseball went through the same thing. The travel, not being in the bubble, all kinds of stuff like that. It's it's not working very well. So I think that... The bubble worked, but we know that a full season of this probably isn't doable. To have that many people, because, you know, 30 teams, we only had 22 in this bubble. To have 30 teams in the bubble, they'd have to be away from their families for a really long time, which I don't think that's sustainable. Um, So having no fans is probably going to be realistic until there's a vaccine, which who knows when that will be. I've seen some things optimistically saying March or April coming from, you know, researchers and scientists. That's if everything goes well. So as of right now, we're not really banking on anything like that in the super near future. Um, But I do think, you know, even if there were to be another bubble or teams playing without any fans or anything like that, I think there are going to be a couple things that stick around. One is going to be virtual fans. So obviously, if there's no one actually in the stands, we'll do this. But I think even when we do have fans in the stands, you know, a couple years from now when we have everything figured out, I think virtual fans are here to stay because I think there's a profit to be made off of that. Uh, a certain number of people could pay ten bucks or whatever to be able to be a virtual fan in the arena. Um, that way, people who have a favorite team that's across the country or people who live outside of the U S can still attend games. I think a lot of people have enjoyed being able to do that and see themselves on TV and everything like that. So I think virtual fans are here to stay for sure.
0: That's really cool. And I just kind of had a brainstorm for that. You know, the video board that goes all the way around the arena, like a ring around it. Yeah. You could fill that with virtual fans. Right. They don't need to be front and center. You don't need a new screen for them or anything, but like you could fit a lot of people up there. And the, the other side of that, if you're a Suns fan and it's tough to watch Suns games, you can pay a few bucks, whatever it may be, to be a virtual fan, and then you get a legit legal stream from the NBA or the Suns where you can watch the game. I, I know the NBA tried bringing something in like that, or maybe it was the NFL, where you could just buy uh, the ability to watch one single game for a few bucks. Right. I think that was around a year or two ago. I I don't remember exactly. The NBA
1: did do that. I remember that. Yeah.
0: So I think like integrating those two things would probably be great. And you know, the numbers for the finals right now are way down and I'm not saying that basketball is a bad product. I'm just saying there's a lot of things to compete with at this time. So I, I understand the numbers, but you know, if we're not able to fill the fans with stands next year, teams are going to be wanting to do things. That might be a pretty, pretty cool way to do it.
1: Yeah. And well, I mean, if there's no fans, it might be more than 10 bucks. That's the downside. But <laughs> True. I think eventually it could be a pretty reasonably priced thing. So that's the first thing off the top of my head that I think is
0: here to stay. So one thing I guess I'm thinking is, you know how those teams, and this is maybe a testament to what the Miami Heat are doing, they're, they're up with their backs against the wall, they're stuck in a hotel, and this is building a new sort of team chemistry that we normally don't see, and I think you can definitely say our sons benefited from, you know, backs against the wall, locked in a hotel all you get to do is play basketball. I think building that sort of relationship is something that the Suns obviously took advantage of and need to build on. So I don't know if, you know, we do a week trip up to Flagstaff or, or whatever, Northern Arizona, and they do their training camp there. I'd almost like to see a few more instances of that where there's more team building stuff. And, maybe that's something they can bring in. I could see
1: that kind of being here to stay. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, Josh, did you hear any stories about like the good outcomes from, from just being together more? Because I know for the sons, it, Phoenix has a lot of distractions. So a lot of journalists and people said, Oh yeah, well the sons can't go out to old town Scottsdale when, on their off days anymore they're forced to just be together all the time and play basketball but like did you hear stories like that from other teams or since you're a Pacers fan from the Pacers
2: well Indianapolis I wouldn't say is as fun of a place
0: <laughs> maybe a bad example but, <laughs> right
2: but no I don't recall seeing any of those stories I mean I assume people would say that I bet this whole experience just allowed them to grow together but one of uh something i was thinking about when you were talking about something staying from the bubble i don't know if i could say it's taking it from the bubble but i'm gonna bet there was a lot of uh uh, players talking to each other about moving teams yeah i think there's i feel like what team usa was it where it was Everyone, and that's where people think LeBron, Bosch, and Wade kind of decided they wanted to play together. Yeah. I feel like there's going to be a lot of that. There was a lot of that in the bubble.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of these guys are friends, you know, playing on different teams. They know each other pretty well Mm -hmm. from playing together in college or AAU or whatever. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Who was it? Was it Donovan Mitchell and. Uh, was it Murray? Yeah, Jamal, Jamal Murray. Murray. Yeah, we yeah, kept running into two. each other, and it was yeah, that was funny. And it, it's funny to just see them in that element. That was kind of cool to see. But yeah, I could see that happening a lot more often. Like you don't even have to pop on your phone and shoot a text message. You're just running into these guys all the time. And uh, yeah, you your peers, you have a lot in common. Maybe that topic gets brought up. I wouldn't be surprised about that at all.
1: Yeah, it's hmm. a good point. Um, I'm also thinking about, uh, the, like the statements that the players were able to put on the back of their jerseys. So having their name on the bottom and then whatever statement they chose on the top, I actually think that's here to stay too. Um, Hmm. I could totally see the league just saying, yeah, you can put whatever statement you want, um, on the top
0: of your Jersey and your name will just be on the bottom. That'd be interesting. I don't think we've ever seen anything like that before. Other, like, you know, for Jackie Robinson, everyone wears number 42 in baseball. Trying to think of some other situations like that, but putting out uh, some sort of social message, I'm not opposed to that.
1: I just don't see why they would take that away, you know? To be like, okay, well, the bubble's over. We're done with this, too. Like, (laughs) I just don't really see a reason to get rid of that. I thought it was a nice thing and why get rid of it
2: if i right. remember correctly they were kind of limited in the bubble they were kind of limiting the phrases so yeah i would hope if they did do that they'd be more open because if i remember right it was only like six or seven things certain they options, could put yeah. on the back so you know if they were more open and let people actually put a message they wanted to more specifically that would be Mm a good
1: change yeah and I could see that too just seeing that like okay it was a positive thing when we tried it in the bubble so let's open it up to some more options or maybe the players could like submit phrases that they want and then the league could take a look at that and choose the most popular ones or even just screen and double check but uh, that could get Mm -hmm. tricky so Yeah. yeah that could be interesting I don't know exactly how they would do it, but I think the at the end of the day, having some phrase on the back of the jersey, I, I just I don't know that that's going to go away.
0: Hmm. I, I want to go back to my last point, actually. I just thought of something. I saw an interview with uh, Monty Williams, and he was with uh, NBA Philippines doing mm-hmm. a podcast of some sort, and they were talking about the practices in the bubble. And the story was... It was guards against guards, bigs against bigs. Booker was cleaning up all the guards. No one could stop him. Sarich was cooking all the bigs. Nobody could stop him. So, and in these sessions, it sounded like it was just a more or less a one-on-one tournament or drill or whatever, but they put Booker against Sarich. And Monty said that everyone was so riled up and hyped and cheering on Dario to try to stop one of the best scorers in the NBA. and But the the point of this is Monty pushed these guys against each other in practice to get this you know intensity that the Suns needed, I'd say. And he kept pushing them against each other. And he was saying, sometimes I know when it gets too competitive, you got to call it. But he said these guys were just going hard. They were having fun. And they were competing. And that's what what helped them uh, move forward. So that's, that's what I want to take away. Just, I I don't want to lock everyone in somewhere. I want to have that same camaraderie and fight against each other at the same time. That's what, Mm -hmm. that's, what's going to help build us up. I, I hope we can mimic that somehow. Yeah.
1: And just to go off of that mindset too, we went into the bubble treating every game like it was a game seven of a playoff series must win. I want us to play every game like that from here on out.
0: Yeah, from game one to game 82 and then mm. the next uh, 16 that we win. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm.
1: I also wonder about the length of the season. They've been talking about shortening the season as is. You think maybe this is the time they actually do it?
0: Man, I, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe they take down the season a little bit, but then they do that mid-season tournament or something like that. We we got a bit of a taste of that with the bubble itself. I wonder if uh, that, that was enticing to anybody to say, let's try to get a, another little tournament going in the middle of the season, maybe where the crummy teams actually have something to play for. Like, the Suns had something to play for in the bubble. What is it going to be for the Knicks or whoever sneaks into the midseason. Right. tournament. I don't know, right. but I'd like yeah. to see those both implemented in some way. Take a few yeah. games off the season, have a big hyped up mid-season tournament. That'd be fun.
1: I'm curious uh, about what you think about this, Josh, because I know, you know, soccer pretty well, and I have made the comparison to like champions league and Europa league and those kind of things all contained within the premier league season. So, like, what do you think of that comparison, or just NBA midseason tournaments as is?
2: Um, I don't think a midseason tournament would be a bad thing. I, I've heard before, or I've read and heard before about people saying that's you have the uh, last place teams sort of fight and play for the first overall pick rather than the lottery. So you make them actually play for a higher draft pick. I thought that would always be interesting. Just because now, if you're not doing well, you know, just start tanking and hope you get it. Especially with the... They changed the percentages again last year, right? So it's even more difficult now. So I think it would be... That's what I think would be a cool mid-season tournament. And then... I don't know about the higher teams, though. Because they'd just do it again in the playoffs, you know? But...
1: Mm-hmm. It, it would be yeah. interesting. Yeah, I also wonder if it would be like... The teams play and whoever loses gets the first pick... Just to encourage them to play worse. No, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, no, if what you're saying happened the Suns would have the first pick in this right. draft. So that would definitely benefit us. That'd For be sure. fun. Yeah. Yeah. But
2: it yeah, would make sure you're keeping these teams competitive while also trying to get the first pick.
0: Yeah. And you know, a lot of people do that would say the worst team in the league, even if they're not trying to tank are going to get slaughtered by everybody and they'll never have a chance at the first pick. But then direct your attention to the Brooklyn Nets in this year's bubble. That's
2: right. They had something yeah. to
0: play for and they didn't have any of their any of their studs. And they were beating good teams. So when there's something on the line, these guys play harder, just like everybody. When something's on the line, you give it your all, just a little bit more. So I, I think doing something like that would it'd be fun. Imagine watching the Suns have a terrible 21 20 win season, and then all of a sudden you get to this tournament and then they're, they're playing hard and they look like a brand new team. I, I, I'd enjoy to see that. Give them something to actually play for.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. Um, I'm also thinking about from like another business kind of standpoint. One thing I noticed that the bubble is doing is for these home versus away <laughs> games, since it's all a neutral site, you know, um, they put the team logos on the court, but it's it's a digital thing. They're not actually there, but when you're watching the game on TV, you can see these logos. Um, They're going to do that with ads. That's going to be a new way to sell ads. Rather than putting the ads directly onto the court, they're going to sell these digital ads. Uh, Maybe that they can do that at a lower price, so to have it physically on the court will cost more, but other places can do a game or two having a digital ad that we see when we watch on TV, but in person wouldn't be there. I think that's just going to be another uh, avenue of ad revenue.
0: I'm not against that, but they need to clean it up if they're going to do it.
1: Yeah, because they could get seeing out of hand.
0: the logo go through someone's leg that bothers me. It's it's distracting. It takes away from the game. Uh, another thing though, in baseball, I saw that they were doing this, and I think they've done this for a while in baseball, but behind home plate. They have those little video boards. And I was watching a game recently where it, it just looked terrible. The guy's back was, the batter's back was bu- into the video screen. And you could obviously tell that it, it was imposed. And it, it just looked so bad and it takes away from the product. I just have a, like, how in the year 2020 can we not do that properly on million dollar, you know? productions like this it's just weird yeah. to see that if they're going to do it do it well please
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting i think they'll figure it out though yeah um i also think pumped in crowd noise is here to stay i mean it's most here. teams are doing this but i think it's just going to be more acceptable i remember back when we were in college me and josh um the seahawks and the chiefs both got in like some sort of trouble for having artificial pumped in crowd noise. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think anyone's ever going to care about that again, at least NBA wise, because teams are doing it as is. And we saw in the bubble, like it adds a lot. So like, I just think it's going to become less of an issue. People are just going to be fine with it.
2: And I think it's helpful for the players too I mean, you hear the they. you hear people said, oh, they were pumping in crowd noise. So you're not hearing the players trash talk and swear at each other and stuff. But I, I bet it's eerie playing a basketball game, shooting free throws, and there is no noise around you. Like, I bet to some extent they need the noise to be comfortable up there.
0: Yeah, I bet it's kind of split. I bet some guys absolutely love it and some guys absolutely hate it. Probably. <laughs> I could see that. Like, shooters? You don't need it loud in there if you're a shooter. You'd probably rather have it quiet. I don't well, know.
2: about that, actually, I did... That was the theory that uh, the shooter... that they, People thought the shooters would be doing better in the bubble, because they'd have a consistent view. Like, with the hoop, you know, yeah. behind them, there weren't... It wasn't moving fans. It wasn't... It, it was just... I think it was just like black behind the hoop, so people thought that the shooters would do a lot better than normal, which I don't think was the case, but Mm -hmm. I saw it discussed.
0: I think it was early, but I don't know how it ended. I know that uh, the three-point numbers were really solid at one point, but as we've moved on, I'm not sure if that held up but yeah yeah, and also they're they're playing in the same place they're shooting on the same buckets that's becoming their home rim like when i was a kid i'd make more shots in my driveway than i would at a different hoop i don't know it's just a thing Mm -hmm. and if you're if you get used to it i'm sure that did help out right definitely it's it's a wild time it really is yeah next year is it'll be interesting and bring it back to the suns. We just did a giant renovation on our arena and we might not have fans in there for quite a while. It's, it's a terrible situation, honestly, but man, I am excited to go see the new arena. I just hope it's uh, safe to go see it sooner than later.
1: Yeah. It's, it's coming along. I haven't been inside, but I go to the fries downtown. That's across the street from the arena so I, I drive by it every so often, and I see progress they're making, at least from the outside. Um, I actually think this is a little bit of a blessing in disguise for the arena, because we've been able to speed up the process of all the renovations. The team accounted to have zero revenue for, I don't know if it was, well, probably this long, because it was going to take them um, at least all of this offseason season most of next off season and a little bit of the season after. But now because of COVID, they're able to get it all done all at once. So we've accounted for like less or no revenue already. So it it actually works out pretty well.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And how many months early were we able to start due to COVID? A few, right? Yeah, because, well, we started
1: in March, I believe, with renovations, March or April, And it wasn't supposed to be until a little later, I don't think.
0: Yeah, so we got at least a month head start. Yeah, at least a
1: month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it kind of worked out for us. Well, I think those are all the changes I can think of that are here to stay. Uh, Since Josh is here, we should talk about the finals a little bit. Uh, At time of recording, the Lakers are up 3-2 on the heat. So we'll be talking about that more next week for sure. But... Josh and I are both Gonzaga alumni, so we have to give some shout-outs to our boy, Kelly Olenek. What have you thought of Kelly so far, Josh?
2: I'm impressed with the Heat in general. Um, If you recall last time I was on here, I predicted they would lose to the Pacers in the first round of the playoffs. (laughs) So my predictions are doing great. But yeah, the Heat, their role players are stepping up. And I think it's just kind of crazy how good, I would say, it's. To sh- it shows how good of a coach Eric Spolstra is. Like, first he had to wrangle the big three, and then now he's in the finals with a team that, at the beginning of the season, people thought just had Jimmy Butler. So, yeah, yeah. role players are stepping up.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And I don't know, on the topic of Jimmy Butler, I mean, Kelly's been great. We've been happy with him stepping in for Bam Adebayo, but we know that we're probably the only two people on Earth who care about this. <laughs> um, to see Jimmy Butler, after playing 47 minutes, barely able to walk, like, uh, I'm so I've been really back and forth on Jimmy Butler. I kind of liked him in Chicago, he went to Philadelphia and I didn't really care all that much in Minnesota. He had all his antics and I'm like, come on, man, like just play the game. Then he goes to the heat and just like, I'm loving him. You know, he's putting it all out there. He's giving every ounce of effort. He doesn't complain. He works so hard. Like that was pretty awesome to see.
0: Yeah. I don't even want to try to say the quote, but, Udonis Haslam said something about if you put, put a dog in with a pack of cats, he's going to bark. If you put him in with a bunch of dogs, he's just going to chill out. And I think that's, that's what happened. He found all the, the, the right teammates, the right system, the right coach. He's able to lead these guys. All of them listen to him. And he's backing it up with his play. Two 30-point triple doubles? Is, is that right? That's crazy. That's, yeah. that's great basketball. That's, uh, that's what you got to do when you're going up against LeBron James and Anthony Davis, too. And he's doing this without my guy, Goran Dragic, who I'm still a huge fan. And he's so important to that team. And it, it hurts seeing him not out there with him. But Jimmy's stepping up and just leading the way.
1: Yeah, I'm really hoping that Goron can play at least one of these games. By the time this comes out, we'll know if he did or didn't. But, um, yeah, I feel so bad that Goron's hurt because he has been really instrumental.
0: I saw a tweet. It was just him sitting on the sideline. It looked, bef- looked like it was before game four. Yeah. And I don't know if he was just told that they're not going to let him play or if he was admitting that he's not able to play. But it was, it was a candid moment, and you just saw the hurt and the pain in his eyes and the frustration and it like he looked like he wanted to start crying yeah. but that's a strong man right there and that's right. i mean you can cry it, for the right reasons yeah absolutely if you're if you're hurt that you can't help your team or physically hurt to the point of tears i mean i'm not going to right talk
1: so about that well and he you know um, was warming up before the game to see if he was good to go and i wonder if he was in physical pain you know I, Cause yeah. Goron's one of those guys who's going to try to do everything he can to play, you know? Right. So combining the physical pain with being told, no, you're not playing. I mean, he wants to help his team in the finals. This is, this is what everyone dreams about.
0: And I think being in the bubble just magnifies it so much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So
1: wishing all the best to Goron for sure. And with that, we will move to our non-sports section of the show. And, you know, Josh has just been chomping at the bit to talk about this. So our question is, who's more successful, Kyler, Murray, or Addison Ray?
2: It's a fair question, Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> and after doing... After doing some research, I think I think this text that Mitchell randomly sent <laughs> one time, I think it could turn into a good debate.
1: Well, okay. So you've done some
2: research. <laughs> yes, I have.
1: <laughs> I have done zero research and I still don't really know who Addison Ray is. So maybe Chuck and I can kind of wax non-poetically about this for a little bit.
0: Do I talk have about to? What, yes. <laughs> talk I thought I what I what thought I could have. recuse myself from this conversation.
2: We know for you're reasons. a TikToker, <laughs> just because you haven't given us your username. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's a, Nah, I don't even.
2: So how how
0: about <laughs> we we
1: all know who Kyler Murray is. That's for sure. The quarter, current quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. Up and down season this year, but let's let's talk about what we know about Addison Ray. What do you know about her? Me? yeah
0: <laughs> so w- when i was first posed this question i'll just be blunt i didn't want to look up who addison ray was because i figured it might be an adult actress of some sort
2: i actually thought the same thing
0: you okay so it's not just me i'm, I'm glad it's not just me and then i i still don't know who it is and what she does okay I, I know it's tiktok related uh-huh. tiktok related but yeah. I don't know, I don't know the context of it.
2: Well, maybe right. I can help you out there, Josh. Well, please please let, do.
0: Let, let me tell you
1: what I know of her first. So then Josh can give us the whole story.
0: Now listen, yeah.
1: This is what I know. She's a TikToker. And I think she's popular, but somehow controversial. And she was cast in a movie. And Actors and actresses were mad at this because they were like, we've been training our whole lives, honing our craft. And then this TikToker who just dances for 12 seconds or however long a TikTok is, I don't even have TikTok, gets this role in this movie. That's everything I know about her.
2: So maybe I can help fill in some blanks here with my minutes of research. I think (laughs) (laughs) I... So here's why I'm gonna argue that Addison Ray is somewhat successful. August twenty nineteen. Picture oh, wow. that date. <laughs> Addison Ray was moving into an LSU dorm and she decided to start posting TikToks. Wow. Now <laughs> two months ago hang on, let me I gotta get out my iPad here. I got some <laughs> Oh boy,
1: I gotta get the sources out here.
2: August 2020, Addison Ray on Forbes.com is the highest earning TikToker at five million dollars. She earned wow. five million dollars in a year. Kyler Murray, I mean, he signed what? What's the number one picks contract? 35 mil. But think about it. He's been playing football since he was a child. That's 17 years of work. Simple math, one year, five mil. I think it's an argument. (laughs) Well, okay. I
1: want to give my answer to this question. (laughs) I think Addison Ray is more successful. Because think about this. I at least know her name. And I don't care one bit about TikTok. I know Kyler Murray because I follow football. You know? But I think... If you go to the average person on the street and say Addison Ray and Kyler Murray, more people are going to know Addison Ray.
0: Yes. I, I agree. Uh, what demographic are we talking? Where are you walking around town? Because Anywhere. as a grown man, I had never heard the name Addison Ray in my life up until <laughs> just a couple days ago.
1: <laughs> but you heard it. See, that's the thing. You heard that name. You like it's not like your typical person who maybe isn't a diehard sports fan because we I'd say we're outliers and not in Phoenix. Right. And not in there are a lot of outside of Phoenix, definitely the average person who's even like a casual sports fan might not know Kyler Murray, maybe. But, you know, he, he had a decent college career a few years ago. He plays for the Cardinals, who are an average team. I don't know that the average sports fan is going to know Kyler Murray. Casual sports fan, at least. I think okay. eventually it will get to that point. I think he's good. But
0: What was the question again? Who's more successful? <laughs> Who's more successful? Okay, here's an argument. I'd say Kyler Murray's more successful. Because he's a he's not just a football player. He could have been a baseball player, too that's true what i can't even remember her name add addison ray
1: yeah
0: what can she do other than tiktok i don't know what do people do on tiktok is a good question too and are, she is she making f- oh okay are, are you making five million dollars from ads generated on tiktok or from outside deals
2: i don't know how this works I think at this point it's she got the popularity. Then it's the Instagram ads and stuff where they're paying people.
0: So you thousand know,
2: dollars for a post or something. You
0: you can't make money on TikTok, correct? Uh, I, don't I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Kyler Murray is YouTube being paid. Too, Kyler Murray is being paid directly for his work in the NFL.
1: But now Addison, Addison Ray is now pe- being paid directly for her work in a movie.
2: She's in a movie called Spy Cat as well. hasn't released yet. It's supposed to release in 2019. Nine million dollar budget. You have a, a pretty spy? big role. Spy Cat. Yes. Spy? Is she
0: the cat?
1: Um. Or the spy. I'm
0: or just. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hmm. So, Addison Ray is a cat who spies, and Kyler Murray is a professional football quarterback. Who's more successful?
2: Eh, Look, I don't... It's a good
0: question. Yeah, I don't even know (laughs) anymore.
2: Look, Charlie, you're right. Kyler's got Offensive Rookie of the Year 2019, Heisman, Big 12 player, he probably would have been a first round pick in the MLB draft too. Right. All good things. That's true. Is there a Heisman equivalent in TikTok? Um The Talkies. The talkies. The popularity <laughs> on famousbirthdays.com. Okay. Where oh. maybe we could compare that. Let's rank who's
1: higher on famousbirthdays.com.
2: Okay. Well, Addison Ray is number two. So, okay. and I don't see Kyler on this list. I'll be honest with you. Wow.
1: Well, if that doesn't tell you what you need to know, then I don't know what does.
2: The thing is, I haven't heard of 70 of 95% of these people <laughs> on famousbirthdays.com. Oh. So that here here's something it's
0: possibly. this is going to just go against everything I've been saying. Just by a simple Google search, Addison Ray brings back 74 million results. Kyler Murray brings back 4.7 million results.
1: Wow. Wow. I guess it just goes to the whole point is how do you define success? Dancing
0: on TikTok. All right. Kyler wins. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Can we end this or does anyone else have anything to enlighten or let listener?
2: me just say, if Kyler Murray does ever happen to hear this. Um, you can get in touch with me, and I can help get your internet presence. We can take down Addison Ray together, Kyler. <laughs> <laughs> Just hit me up. Oh, I'm gonna pretend there was no context to that, and I want
0: that clipped out. I want that I'll clipped clip it. out, please. I'll clip it. Oh.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, that's where we gotta end this thing. Uh, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. And we appreciate Josh coming and joining us on the show. If you have anything to say, hit us up on social media at Sonny and PHX Pod. That's on Twitter and Instagram. And at Josh Cran on Twitter, too. You probably already follow him. But we'll be back with another episode next week. Go Sonny. show up.